Hello and welcome to the GoLink Show. My name is Ben Harris, founder of GoLink, a goal-setting community sharing weekly challenges. These challenges are inspired by brands to bring you new ways to develop and improve yourself. You can kick back and watch me take on these exciting and uncomfortable challenges, or you can join me. I challenge every listener to complete these weekly goals. Catch the content on Instagram or Facebook at GoLink Group. The GoLink Show, this podcast, recounts experiences from the achievers of the world, but not just the success. We delve into the challenges and struggle we all face. How do we find the will to push through? What role do motivation, discipline, and failure play in our lives? We discuss this and much more on the show. Thanks for tuning in. I am beyond excited for the guest this week. It is my friend Mitch. He is full of wisdom and we have an amazing conversation. He's a full-fledged knowledge, see- knowledge seeker, dropping quotes from authors like nobody's business. He's a writer, author, creative, and he owns a publishing company. We discuss the education system and his big dreams to make a difference as a teacher. He tells us how he hijacked life as a creative and quit his day job to write kids' books. We talk about what Mitch calls the hero's journey and writing your own journey to design what kind of person you want to be. And I even drop a pretty big bomb about what he thinks about death. That is right, so let's just jump straight into it. Everyone, welcome to the GoLink Show. My name is Ben. I'm stoked to have my man Mitch here. What's up, dude? What's going on? Yeah, um, so Mitch is a writer, um, ghostwriter, not in the way that Drake means it, but <laughs> who knows, he could be. Publisher, knowledge seeker. But Mitch, how would you describe yourself? I mean, at the moment, I think I'm just a tea drinker, man. This is I'm in my happy place right now. So when Mitch came over and I offered him some tea, um, he said he probably paid me the best compliment that I've received this week is that my tea game is strong. <laughs> Amen. So, and Amen. I'm a new tea drinker, thanks to my girlfriend and a recent Europe trip. I used to just think that tea was hot, weird tasting water. <laughs> But just add a little bit of honey, maybe some coconut almond milk or something like that. Oh yeah, and then then we're good, dude. Yeah. Um. So, but really, how would you introduce yourself for the listeners of who you are? Oh man, um, my name is Mitch. Like you said, <laughs> I would say I would say I'm just I I like the word creative. You mm-hmm. know. Uh, I think I first picked that word up in advertising, which is what I studied in college. Mm-hmm. And then um, there's like there's a big ego for on the creative side of advertising, mm-hmm. so much so that we refer to ourselves as creatives. Yeah. But I always liked that term, and I feel like in my writing and storytelling, um, that's that's how I like to refer to myself because it's not it's not super traditional work that I do, mm-hmm. um, but it is creative. So it's I feel like that's. Uh, the best word I can think of. Yeah, I love it. And one thing I think is cool that I really admire about you is that you are a knowledge seeker and it doesn't matter what knowledge it is, you are open to all information. So how did you get that way? Do you remember a specific moment of you're attracted to all knowledge, even if it crushes your current thought of something? I mean, yes and no. I I think... think, uh, so I've been reading uh, Flow by Mihaly mm-hmm. Csikszentmihalyi, and it's like, um, 
I'm rereading it. I should say it's, it's, it knocks my socks off every time, but, uh, it's, it's, he describes in there, um, something called the autotelic family context, Hmm. um, which is this idea. It's a research study that they did at the university of Chicago, uh, in the nineties, I think, or the eighties, um, that talk about these five specific characteristics, um, that like, but of a relationship between a parent and a child. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I was reading that, I, I realized that that was definitely sort of the situation that I grew up in. Mm-hmm. And and what this context does, is it, it sort of develops um, an autotelic personality or a type of personality that has um, a purpose in itself, right? And and so as I look back on my childhood, I, I think of all the things that my parents encouraged me to do and whatever it was, it was always just about maximizing the enjoyment of that thing. That's cool. Yeah. And and I think as I get older, just knowledge seeking, like you referred to it, is, is sort of how I find that um, showing up everywhere in my life, right? Like I just, ideas interest me just for the sake of learning them. And uh, so it's like, yeah, I guess knowledge seeking is kind of... Um, the end itself and so mm-hmm. I, tr- I try and i try and find at least in in everything that's dope and since you were speaking about your parents and family we recently had a conversation about a sign so <laughs> like in the in your fa- in your family room so if you don't know like where we're from in utah it's a big thing to have like a like one word or a few words on a wooden plaque like honor or family, you know, to like signify what is important to you. And so what was the word in your, on that plaque in your family room? Um, indulge. (laughs) And like, uh, it's just like in black, you know, like, um, usually they're in like some sort of wood grain, you know, faith or believe or whatever, um, which are great, you know? Um, but my mom had this giant one that's like four feet long, right above our fireplace just said mm-hmm. indulge which you know in like a christian mm-hmm. household that's not maybe the word you think of yeah to like be spreading to your kids you yes. know um but i think i think she, uh, she's very deliberate in her like um or, or maybe not deliberate she 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 uh just encouraged us my mom did mm-hmm. to uh really enjoy ourselves as did Mm -hmm. my dad and Mm -hmm. uh i think that that wood block is definitely a symbol of that yeah that's awesome and how i take it is and i love the teaching of it is every single moment you kind of mentioned it earlier about even like knowledge seeking to enjoy and soak up every single moment almost like how i view it is like life or every single day is like a rag and you're like wringing the rag yeah like just straight up like every single like the juices of life if you want to go there just really like indulge in that moment before we jump into more just mind-blowing topics because you are a deep dude (laughs) what tell us about your your publishing company and tell us about the most recent book because people might know about it and if not i want them to know about it because it's super cool oh well thanks i appreciate that um yeah so about five years ago, um, a friend of mine and I started a publishing company called Dreamling Books. Mm-hmm. Um, just, I mean, the whole premise of it was, you know, I had quit my job uh, working in advertising and 
had sort of I had bought an old Volkswagen bus and kind of packed up all my belongings. It, yeah, and I was just <laughs> like, I wanted to write kids' books, you know, like it was the most yeah. obvious thing in the world that that's mm-hmm. what my future held, um, having no idea what what that meant. Um, but as I sort of explored what that world was all about, um, I got in touch with an old friend from high school, and, and um, he he had you know he had studied business and just a really smart business mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and his kind of passion was also publishing. He said, you know, I've, I've always wanted to start a publishing company. Um, and did you know that? Cause you guys were friends in high school, right? Yeah. I mean, we were, we were friends in high school. We were like best buddies though. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, we both, we went to the same university, but we didn't like spend a ton of time. So it really was just chance. Yeah. Yeah. That's I mean, cool. honestly, and I think it was like, you know, it's one of those things where, and I don't do a lot of social, I don't do really any social media anymore, but just one of those things where he probably saw me post something on Facebook and was like, oh, Mitch is into writing kids books. That's, you know, cool or mm-hmm. weird, whatever. Um, but, but he, he reached out to me and, and, um, just, we just started talking and I was kind of at that point where I was realizing how hard it was to get published. And so he had some ideas about how, how we might sort of change the industry, right? Or, or, mm-hmm. or just do things a little bit differently. We, we kind of had like a launch party. At least that was the initial intention. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we rented out the old uh, Granite High School in South Salt Lake. And so for people who don't know, this was an old high school that was kind of decommissioned and abandoned. So it was just an empty high school that people used it for random things. And these guys used it for like a launch party. But it was super cool. It was an art exhibit. It was more than just like, hey, come get some like... Some appetizers <laughs> you know it was much more yeah. artistic than that and it was super cool yeah and i think i honestly when we started out i don't know what we intended with any sort of launch party we just you know we were we were young and we thought that's how you launched a company um but it it, it was cool because you know it, it was just sort of an explosion of creativity and the community really rallied behind it and um it just it helped us get our feet wet in um in storytelling in a way mm-hmm. and uh and uh it was awesome to have you guys perform there we had a mm-hmm. lot of cool speakers and musicians and athletes you know that mm-hmm. took part in it and it was um something that certainly changed my life you know and i don't mean that in any uncertain way like it mm-hmm. it sort of set the course i think for the rest of my life um in sort of understanding and pursuing creativity mm-hmm. um anyway so so uh i mean the whole the whole it wasn't, it wasn't a book though, you know, so, mm-hmm. so we had to kind of get back on course and it was this really cool event, but, but then we had to sort of follow it up. Because you launched, it. not the book, you launched the company. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And we, we sort of had some preliminary like artwork on the walls at mm-hmm. this, uh, at the Dreamathon, but it was, um, it was sort of a sideshow compared to what the Dreamathon became. Mm-hmm. Um, and so after the school districts sort of shut us down and, <laughs> sent us yeah. on our way uh we got you know sort of got serious about making a book mm-hmm. um and we teamed up with a friend of mine chris burkard who's mm-hmm. an awesome photographer out of california mm-hmm. and we we made the boy who spoke to the earth mm-hmm. and we got an incredible artist david mcclellan um he was a byu professor and disney uh, interactive artist and um just kind of we just kind of poured our heart and soul into it Mm -hmm. just trying to make something interesting and i don't think we ever could have planned to have had it turn out better 
Um, and it's sort of, so the, the story is, you know, about a young boy who's in search of happiness. And, mm-hmm. Um, he has a conversation with the earth about where happiness is found. And, you know, the earth tells him that it's, he can show him the way, but, um, the journey to happiness is difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, but the boy says that he's willing, you know, to go on this journey. And so the earth takes him through these six different landscapes. Um, and as the boy travels through each of the landscapes though, he, he is kind of always on to the next one, you know, mm-hmm. and, and he's, he's not really stopping and smelling any roses. He's mm-hmm. just kind of trying to get through it. Um, and finally he gets through the, the final landscape and cries out again to the earth and says, you know, I've traveled so far and seen so much, but I still haven't found happiness. Mm. Um, and the earth doesn't respond this time. And so there's kind of this, you know, this moment for the boy where he's in the, the valley of the shadow of death where he's just kind of downtrodden, you know, and he's kind of, um, he just, he it basically says he walked and he walked and he walked until he left it all behind. Mm. And then he cries out one more time to the earth and says, you know, earth, are, are you still there? And the earth says, my boy, I'm always listening, um, but but did you look without seeing? Go back along the trail, and this time, you know, stand still and, and take in the beauty around you. So the next six spreads are the boy traveling through these landscapes, and um, he's kind of in awe at each of them. And, mm. uh, you know, the final the final phrase is, you know, and the, the boy true, for the first time, the boy truly saw that happiness was all around him. Okay, that's dope, dude. I love that. And... I was going to wait until later and we didn't plan this because the scroll my soul segment where I pick up my phone, randomly scroll and pick out a thought that I've written, you know, over the past months or weeks that a thought I've been inspired by from something I was reading or listening to. And the thought that I selected was happiness is not a checklist. Whoa. So as perfect timing, um, how do you personally relate to the phrase happiness is not a checklist? Man, that's a good question. Because um, it sounds like the boy was, he was traveling yeah. to just check it off. Like, hey, I'm doing this because you told me to. Right. This is the path, but it's it wasn't necessarily checking the box that was the most important thing. Right, like I found happiness, done, check, on to the next one. Well, and, and, and I think this goes back to, you know, for me setting goals and like I think sort of the whole spirit behind what you're doing with this podcast, which mm-hmm. I think is great. Um, is I, I feel like setting goals or accomplishing anything in life or, or going after, you know, a dream or, or a passion is really just an excuse to enjoy the journey. Hmm. Um, that, that we, we make checklists for ourselves. Um, but only as a structure to contain, the happiness that, that really is meant to be had in the, like the small moments of life Mm. as we travel through that framework. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think for me, it's, uh, just, just trying to, trying to have quiet moments to myself throughout the day where, where I just, um, think to myself how grateful I am for whatever opportunities I've experienced that day or week or year. Um, and, and, um, yeah, just just being quiet with myself, being mindful, um, you know, saying a prayer of gratitude. I think those things mm-hmm. really help me soak it in on a daily on a daily level. Yeah, that's dope, and I resonate with that the same way. As far as 
especially what you mentioned with this whole thing is based on goals. It's more than that, but that's the underlying message and everything. And goals can literally turn into a checklist. Like I face that every week, right? Like it's so easy, like, okay, I just got to get this done. But what is the purpose behind it? Like, I think goals are a good way to like get you going and to look at something like, okay, I want to get this done. Mm -hmm. But also just again, being present, whether it's, you yourself saying a prayer of gratitude or even in the book. Yeah. Right. So that's super cool. Um, how did you get into writing? Oh man. Uh, so I guess initially in high school, I was really good at, uh, math. Mm -hmm. Um, like I was on the math team in junior high. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, I wasn't, I wasn't like great, but I guess I was good enough to be on the math team. Um, and, uh, but then I remember in high school, I think I was a junior in high school, maybe my mom, suggested that I take uh, journalism, Mm -hmm. the journalism class, and write for the school newspaper. And I thought that was, um, it wasn't super interesting to me, Um, but I did it anyway to sort of appease her desires. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I ended up really enjoying it. I, like, had my own column. I wrote all, like, the sports articles for the Mm -hmm. school newspaper. Um, And then, like, as a Mormon missionary, you know, it was like, that's how you communicate with your family and friends, Mm -hmm. just like writing letters. And so I started to, that would have been like the two years after high school. Mm -hmm. So I continued to develop and and figure out ways to express myself through writing. Um, And occasionally I would have, um, whether it was, I mean, not necessarily with like written letters, but I guess in high school or after like certain college papers, I would have professors make comments of like, wow, you're a really strong writer, you know, which I think is really important sort of reinforcement for uh, a student to Mm -hmm. have someone tell them that they're good at something. Um, Because that, that encouragement gave me, I think the courage, maybe that's why encouragement, courage, never Uh, thought about that. Whoa. (laughs) Mind blown. Mind blown. So that you mentioned that's an important thing like how you got into writing is from a teacher recognizing one of your skills Mm -hmm. and tell everyone what is like your big mission or big dream that you're going after right now. So right now it's, um, I mean, it it does go back to education. I think as I've, as I've done a lot of storytelling and and different creative projects, um, I've, I've developed a, uh, an interest, uh, in pursuing a PhD. Mm -hmm. And so right now I'm just applying to different, um, graduate schools most of them are graduate schools of education like educational psychology programs Mm -hmm. or or just some um straight up psychology programs um and i want to really look at um well i want to start my own school uh Mm -hmm. and and so the pursuing of a phd is is just sort of the credentials to set me up for that Mm um i am super interested in academia i think it's like a fascinating world um, yeah i love it man like you want to be a teacher and yeah. we need great teachers yep. um nowadays it's i think a hot topic or like a phrase that people love to talk about as far as education system needs reform right. <laughs> like what are your thoughts about like is it possible to reform the education system or what's the best way to approach that I definitely used to think that the whole system was messed up and needed to be like turned on its head, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've sort of changed my tune in, mm-hmm. in, in the last year or so. Um, I taught for a little while at Taylorsville High School and 
my friend Ryan teaches out there and, um, uh, I was, I was kind of expressing some discouragement in, in the public school system to him. And he just made the comment to me. He said, you know, a lot of these kids, um, come from, from broken homes. And he Mm -hmm. said, we're the, we're the best part of their day, you know? And that like shook me a little bit, you know, I was Mm -hmm. like, uh, I I was after that, I I think, I think I realized that while the public school system is not perfect, um, in a lot and maybe most settings, it's the, it's the best that we have. Mm -hmm. Um, I've, I've also got some advice recently that was sort of groundbreaking for me personally, which, which was to stop trying to revolutionize anything mm-hmm. um, and, and instead try to, over the course of my, you know, 40-year, 30-year career that I have in front of me, mm-hmm. to try and make one small change that will be remembered forever. And if, if over the course of those three or four decades, if I can accomplish that, then my work will have been worth doing. Yeah, and I think that even goes back to the happiness is not a checklist thing. Like, you're just focused on let's revolutionize, you know, the academic world. And that's a good thing, and I think it's possible. But I think a more realistic approach to it, if you really want to make a difference, is the advice that you took. And it doesn't matter if it's education. It could be anything. It's just focus on your part, like what you can control. And I think that's a super cool thing that – you are the best part of that kid's day or the student's day. Right. Like that's a big thing. And if you look at it with that perspective, I've never heard that. And I'm like, dang, like that really, like if, if you're a teacher or anything like a parent or a boss, you could be anything just making someone's day. Yeah. Being a creative and a knowledge seeker, as you call yourself, the creative, I know you probably get the question, well, actually, let's ask the question so everyone can hear it. Mitch, what do you do for a living? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, I love and hate this question because mm-hmm. um, I, I, I've, well, I'll just, I guess I'll just answer. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I tell people I'm a writer, uh-huh. right? And, and then. And then I respond, but what do you really do? Yeah. Or yeah. what else do you do? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so it's it's kind of interesting. I feel like I've just figured out a way to hijack life, you know, mm-hmm. and and through saving up money here and there to have purchased a house that I can then make rental income on mm-hmm. um, while I work freelance jobs, you know, sort of going project to project. Um, and um, it's it's not it's not easy for me to answer that question, at least not honestly, right? Mm-hmm. So that's why I tend to just tell people. Oh yeah, I'm a writer, um, and sometimes people will say, "Well, what do you write, or who do you write for?" Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and w- at which point I generally just say, "Well, I, I write books," you know, and um, and then I think they get interested enough that they kind of forget about the fact that um, I don't make a lot of money, you know, <laughs> and I sort of yeah. distract them at that point. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, I guess um, uh, what I do for a living, I'm I'm a writer, but I'm yeah. I'm, just, I'm just trying to enjoy myself. <laughs> which, which I I love. In this day and age, there's not just like one way, right, to find that success. And I feel like everyone knows that. But it's still prevalent that parents or whoever, teachers are telling them, this is the one way to find success. And you've created your own path. 
So what would your advice be to someone who's looking to find their own path and they're not sure about what people are telling them? I would say um, to use your creativity to develop the life that you want to live, right? So, mm -hmm. and this this is the whole, this is the topic for my PhD dissertation. Mm -hmm. um, I, I've sort of developed this, this map, um, this, this sort of roadmap, it's called Heroics, and it, it basically challenges a student to follow the 17 steps of the hero's journey mm -hmm. and um but to apply those steps to their own life so it's a self-authoring program right which essentially just means writing free writing or creatively writing out your sort of destiny mm -hmm. um it's only like three to five years into the future you're looking because i think that you know if you look much further beyond that it's sort of too abstract mm -hmm. but so you're sort of you're you're abstracting out three to five years to say this is where I want to be or this is what I want my life to be like. Um, and some of those steps include like the call to adventure is the first step, right? So you got to seriously consider um, what it is that you feel like the universe is asking from you or asking you to, to do or to perform. Um, and, and because you're right, so, so writing is just formalized thinking, right? So it's, mm -hmm. it's forcing you to formalize your thoughts and to actually put them on paper and to take, take that, thought process seriously that's cool so this is your a dissertation but could it turn into like another book is that what it could turn into yeah i mean honestly that's that's what it was in my mind before oh, that's dope and yeah i had i had some mentors that sort of turned me on to the idea of pursuing the phd mm. um and so it's kind of all boiled into the same sort of project um but but yeah i, I guess i guess my point being that i would i would challenge you, whoever you are, to, mm -hmm. to sort of take take that process seriously mm -hmm. and and design the future that you want, right? Write it out and see how you feel about it. Hmm. You know, say say you want to be a musician, like like write that down and, and write out your day to day. What do you do? Mm. And is it and and then take a moment to sit with that and feel whether it's fulfilling or not. Because mm -hmm. you might save yourself from going down a road that's gonna waste a lot of time. Mm money, heartache, whatever else, you mm -hmm. know? Um, I like it, that advice, yeah. like writing, yeah, what a day in the life or writing what that would entail and mm -hmm. envision that and really sit with it, meditate on it to feel it and make sure that's a life that you want to live. Yeah. That's cool. I've never got that. I might have to do that. I might have to do that tomorrow. <laughs> um, when we reconnected and spoke a few weeks ago one of the things that you talked about that i loved and i wrote down is that you said um on one end you have a theory or opinion on the other end you have another theory and opinion and they're two opposites yeah and they're on a string right it could be like a tightrope for example right it's suspended and what is in the in the middle is truth and i love that metaphor or analogy or whatever that on two ends, you have opposites, and it's pulling and suspending the truth in the middle. What's been your experience of being on one end and then finding the middle or just walking that tightrope of truth, which now we will call it, and we're going to write a book called that now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we just coined the phrase. Yeah, um, yeah I, I think this is something, uh, and you asked me kind of at the start of the interview if, if I had always been this way, but I think this is something that developmentally I've started to experience more um, recently you know as, as I get older that um, 
things think I used to think the world worked a certain way. Right. And then I'll have experiences that, that change that idea and change mm-hmm. that framework. And I'm forced to reconcile those. Um, but, but, but I've, I've come across this idea that, um, real truth is, is suspended, um, in contraries. Right. So, mm-hmm. so you've, you've got ideas that oppose each other and the actual truth is not in either of those ideals that are extreme one way or the other, but the truth is the balance that those ideas suspend between themselves. Yeah, dude, I love it. Like, that's such a good example. Lee, I love when this happens to me, when I think one thing, mm-hmm. and then I read or someone ha- tells me something in a conversation and just flips my perspective. Yeah. And, <clears throat> like, thinking how many things are out there that we just don't know. Right. Like, because we've been told or just from simple conditioning and it's not bad it's mm-hmm. how all of us are just of being raised in a certain area or whatever um just by your friends like you just naturally we all think this a similar way right and i'm just it blows my mind and it freaks me out <laughs> when i think about it of how many things i think are one way but they're really the other yeah and mm-hmm. and it's it you're right it is conditioning isn't bad right like mm-hmm. we were conditioned to learn how to walk as children yes. so like uh-huh. like conditioning is actually a really important aspect of of mm-hmm. development um but but yeah learning learning to be open-minded enough to um so there's this idea in, in human development that my friend ryan always talks about which is to transcend and include right so mm-hmm. as soon as you transcend a certain phase of life where you feel like you've been enlightened and you can look back on that you know, phase of life and sort of see it for what it was, you, you, you've transcended it, but, but it's important to also include it, right? Cause it's still part mm-hmm. of you and, and you wouldn't have become who you are now had it not been for that earlier phase of life. Um, and so, and so I, th- I think a lot about this with, with my creativity and my writing, right? Cause there, I look back on some of the projects I've done and I kind of laugh, you know, that mm-hmm. I'm like, I thought that was the solution to everything. Or you thought it was an amazing yeah. writing thing. <laughs> yeah. And it was at the time. Right. 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 But now you're much better or beyond that thought. Yeah. Or I just, I see how it's like, it's just like another puzzle piece and I see where it fits in. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not the whole picture itself. It's just a small piece of mm-hmm. the masterpiece that is still being created. So this is a bit of a deep question. And just because you were talking about the puzzle piece mm-hmm. and it prompted a thought of how long it takes to put those puzzle pieces together. It's an entire lifetime. Are you afraid of death? Oh. That's, I know, super deep. Yeah, <laughs> I wasn't expecting that <laughs> left turn. Um, you know, I've, I've always, and that's interesting you bring this up because it's something mm-hmm. maybe that I don't share with a lot of people, that I, but, but something that I do think about a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll, I'll try and get there in maybe a roundabout way, but I'm, I'm a big Tim Burton fan. Mm. And, and I, I think that, um, I like the way that he portrays, um, death in sort of a whimsical way Mm. in his films. Um, because it, it sort of takes the seriousness out of death. And, and I don't mean to imply that death is not serious, right? Mm -hmm. Of course it is. And it, it certainly, um, can be a tragedy and, um, but I think that I think I'm more curious about death than anything. Hmm. And, and I feel I'm glad you asked me that question because that feels good to admit that, you know, that I'm, I'm curious cool. to know. I have my beliefs, certainly, mm-hmm. about um, what I think comes next. But we still don't know for a fact. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and I'm that's like, <laughs> the freaky thing. <laughs> yeah. Right. And yeah. like for me, like it's yeah. interesting. So 
I would say, yeah, like I'm, I, I, I'm afraid of it. I don't know what degree of fear I have. Yeah. You know, I think it changes and like alternates, but for me, I think it's a good thing. Like if we didn't have like, whether it's tomorrow or in 80 years, Mm -hmm. if we didn't have that end date, we would just whimsically stroll along and have no sense of urgency. Right. So I love having that like, man, like again, going back to soaking it in, saying your prayer of gratitude, Mm -hmm. um, wringing the rag, like really appreciating every single day for what it is. Yeah. Because like, what would life be if every day, like if you lived every day, like, dude, like, I don't know. They're like yeah. eternal life, but we won't get into that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> another topic for another, another day. Another topic. <laughs> um, so as a creative or as a person in general, um, you know, we've highlighted a lot of your success, but what's something as a creative, it could be, you know, with your own mindset, it could be, I don't know, financially or any other type of thing. What's a recent struggle or challenge or something you still experience that other people can relate to that's like you know just i just essentially want to know like a challenge or struggle that you've recently gone through something you're still going through um i'll just pick the first one that comes to mind Mm -hmm. so i just got back from this trip of visiting um a handful of grad schools back east and i'd sort of i guess if i as as i've approached this whole phd thing um you know, I'm, I'm at a point in my life, I'm, I turn 30 next month, so I'm kind of... Congrats, dude. <laughs> thank you, the dirty 30. <laughs> that's still so... Like, 30 is the new 20, though. Yeah, that's like, true. As, as far as, like, man, there's so much more to go, yeah. Right. Um, but but so I feel like I've approached this grad school thing with a little bit of maturity, and, and, and or or maybe it's stupidity, but I've, I've tried to aim for some pretty prestigious schools. Um, and initially I did that just because I wanted to challenge myself to to get the best mm-hmm. out of this experience that I could. Um, but one of the things I'm struggling with right now is realizing that the prestige that comes with certain schools is not always the best thing to strive for, right? Like it's, mm. it's more about finding the right fit mm-hmm. than it is about maximizing um, – efficiency or in this case you know getting the degree with the best brand name at the top of that Mm -hmm. certificate um and 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 i say that as if as if i've learned that lesson but i'm i'm clearly still struggling with it Mm -hmm. right and and that's not to say it like i would be lucky if i got into any of the schools that i'm applying to Mm -hmm. um especially the really prestigious ones uh but but i've had to i've had to deal with that lately where i'm i'm sort of trying to um, understand that it's it's more the right fit is more important than what what society deems is the best, and so I you know listeners can sort of translate that in into whatever it means to them. Yeah, you could look at it as a company, right? Like mm-hmm. you want to work for Google or Apple, but a brand new startup, or even if it's not a startup, like whatever fits your personality or whatever yeah. you enjoy. Yeah, you don't have to pick one thing because everyone else is doing it. Exactly. Um, before we wrap this up, what is the best book that you've read this year? Oh, I mean, Flow, just because mm-hmm. I'm rereading it right now. But, mm-hmm. um, it, you know, I, I also uh, I also read at a children's story, um, uh, like, event the mm-hmm. other uh, couple months ago. I read um, Oh, The Places You'll Go by Dr. Okay. Seuss. Um, mm-hmm. And, and that, that one's just 
Dr. Seuss blows my mind. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, um, I, I recently heard, I forget her name. She, she runs a blog. Um, she's from Bulgaria, I think. Um, maybe someone listening to this will know who I'm talking mm-hmm. about, but she basically, when she came to the States, she was mind blown, um, by children's books. Cause she grew up in like a war torn country where that type of thing didn't exist. And so, and someone tried to tell her that, you know, those books are just for kids. And she was like, no, these books are deeply philosophical oh, that's cool. comments on society that are like super meaningful to me, mm-hmm. you know? And so I get that same sort of kick out of children's books, probably because it's my work. But mm-hmm. um, anyways, yeah. Oh, the places you go, give that one a read and yeah, yeah. it's a good reminder. And re-read, reread it yeah, or just read it if you haven't. Um, all right, my man, what are... Do you have any last tips, advice, like anything that's just like one nugget of wisdom that you could say? Um, I think I think I'll just default to a C.S. Lewis quote that I Ooh, I, like um, I tend to, well, I try to live my life by, you know, and I tend to catch myself doodling this quote a lot in my mm-hmm. notebooks. But it, uh, he said that you can make anything by writing, um, and I really believe that 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 any any idea, whether you want to literally write a book or write a screenplay or something, or, or you want to start a school like I'm doing, like, like write that idea down and, and write down how you're going to do it and write down why it gets you excited. Um, and, and I feel like that is, um, the starting point to, to just about every great idea. Dude. Mitch, I love it. Thank you for joining me for a spot of tea. Yes. And really, I appreciate how open you are. Um, dude, you're just, you got knowledge in there, man. And, and really, I'm excited to see where you go with this. And one day you. in your school, I hope I can speak there or something or, would, like, or guest lecture. I would be honored, man. And, and thank you for the tea. It, it made my night, honestly. Okay. You're the man, dude. Thank you. You bet. What's up, Golden community? This week's challenge is inspired by Cotopaxi. Gear yourself up for good this holiday season by completing an act that will help alleviate poverty. We were inspired by these guys at Cotopaxi to help alleviate poverty. That's their mission. No deed is too small. Here are some ideas. You can volunteer at an organization that teaches less fortunate children about life skills. You can donate money to a verified cause or you could acknowledge and engage someone, a homeless individual with a simple conversation. Just listen to them. Thank you so much for listening. I would love to know how you do this week's challenge. So hit me up on Instagram or Facebook at GoLink Group. My name is Ben. This has been The GoLink Show.